Keegan and Company is not a licensed mental health service and should not be a substitute for professional help. In these conversations, we touch on a variety of mental health issues and the advice given is general in nature. So if you are struggling, please seek professional advice or call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Enjoy the episode. Keegan and Company, it's Keegan and Company, the company you keep. That's it, that's gotta be it. Welcome back to the Keegan and Company podcast. In this episode, I'm talking to former NRL great, current host of the NRL 360 and mental health advocate, Brayton Asta. How are you, brother? Keegs, how are you, mate? I'm good, I'm good, mate. We had a we had a pretty good morning this morning. Yeah. We got in the gym, we had a good lift, music was pumping, got a good little coffee afterwards. How yeah, you feeling? Shirts off, it was outstanding. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, feeling good, mate. Um, yeah, try and do it a few times a week, you know that. We, we try and do our sessions and... When you start the day with a with a with a, a good session early, you get to plan your day and you've you've sort of ticked the box early and off you go. Mate, I reckon meeting you and Sean was one of my favourite things coming into Sydney. Like doing the session, could you? I remember when we first started training together, how whenever it was yeah. a year or so ago, we were like, "You boys are looking jacked." Like I was like, <laughs> "You boys are looking good," and you're like, "You said something like, mate, you should have seen me before Sydney to surf.' Like I yeah. was so fat, and I was like, "Mate, what was like? What was the turning point from?" city to surf like what yeah. was the mindset switch well i mean yeah it's a good question and i because i i did the city to surf because I, I i i'm ambassador for the australian skin cancer foundation and the two days before the the the, the guys that run it said can you run the, the the city to surf for us um not run it just walk it you know and i thought yeah of course i can do it i had to work later that day on on the sunday ticket on fox and and host the show and i thought yeah i'll do it. i've never done it before and i've always wanted to do it um, I didn't realize how far it was. It's tough, mate. <laughs> Heartbreak Hill, mate. mate, that's tough. 14 Ks. And anyway, I said, sweet. And I was really out of shape. And I thought I wasn't as bad as I, I was, right? Like everyone, we all kind of fall into those holes every now and then. But this had uh, accumulated over a few years. Anyway, I, I kind of said, yeah, I'll do it. And, I, and, and the competitiveness in me, I started walking with them. Yeah. And I see everyone running. I'm like, fuck this. You know, but just you know, it's, it's like a little little footy I said, thing. I can't hey. do that. Yeah, yeah. I can't walk this. Yeah. It's going to take me forever, and I just don't have it in me. So I started jogging, and then I just started running, and I just went hard, and I took it on, and I didn't stop, and I actually like I did. I don't know the time, but it was a decent time, and I was way out of shape, and it just spurred me on because I actually lost a bit of weight from the run. Had to go into work. I was cramping up on set. So I'm like, I'm going, hello and welcome to, you know, the Sunday ticket. And I, and I got getting cramps and I'm trying to like act like I'm sweet. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm dying in the chair. I'm there all laughing at me like all the producers and the, the boys that were on with me on the panel. But it was a, it was a moment like uh, I knew I had to lose weight and I knew I was out of shape. But it kick-started me because it was such a, like it was – the most trauma I'd sort of been through fitness-wise uh, since, you know, probably playing the game, yeah. playing rugby league. So it just got me, like, motivated. And, and, then, and then I was off. Because it's what – because, like, you obviously, mate, you've been through the whole however many years of playing grade at a top level. Like, pre-seasons are tough. I remember you saying, like, mate, that was the hardest thing I've done since, yeah. since playing footy. We, we always – everyone runs it every year. Yeah. You just think it's a fun run. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you, you know, everyone's you know, dresses up. But when you actually do it and if you run it, it is a long way. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and it's uh, – I wonder, I actually missed it this year because of work. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot harder than what you think if you do it properly. Um, but, yeah, it was a, it was a big challenge. And that's I, wouldn't, I don't think I would have done it 
if I'd known how hard yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. you know, because I would have thought, no, I'm, I just can't do this at the moment. But it was good going in blind yeah. because it made me do it. And then, yeah, it's been it's been a blessing. I and now, and obviously, like we train every week, like yeah. you're, you're kicking it off. Is it so? It obviously, it's kickstarted the whole last sort of couple of years, and mm. it ties into I'm guessing probably Good Dad, right? Yeah. Like oh, strong, strong Dad, dad yeah. strong Dad. Like tell me a little bit about Strong Dad and how that kicked off and how that started. Yeah, so it, it just organically happened. So I started training. Uh, about a year and a half ago. So it would have been a little bit before the city to surf. And because I knew, that was when I was at my worst, I was like, you know, 110 kilos. I played at 97, Jeez, yeah. you know, and I, and I didn't look good and I went through a separation. Uh, so I wasn't myself either. I was down, uh, you know, like I'd, I moved out of my own home. Um, you know, then you've, you got, you know, I had a, a, a split fa family as we were kind of the Brady bunch. And then I had to separate the kids and, you know, so it was a stressful time for me and I'd, I'd, I'd put weight on in, in, you know, before that. So everything sort of accumulated into this tough time, you know, which we all go through, but it was, and, and, and anyway, so I started training with Sean, who was my old trainer and we did it just as mates testing each other and started doing some sessions and then he's big on social media um, and he's got his own platform there and he's got his own business. And so he'd put posts up and I'd repost them. And then a lot of guys could relate and they were like, man, what are you guys doing? And every, and just turned into this sort of, uh, I wouldn't say cult, but like many, a lot of men. Kind of like a community, community right? Yeah. yeah. And even yourself, like yep. you come along, Renny Matur come along, Matt, Matty Holloway come along. I mean, we had three or four or five blokes doing sessions, but I had guys hitting me up because I, we start talking really about, you know, about life, yeah. you know, uh, it would help me having you there and Sean there. And we talk about, you know, what's going on and, you know, our, our ex misses or misses or kids. And so all of a sudden, just naturally, not only were we training and getting fit and looking good, but we're getting shit off our chest that we wouldn't otherwise do. And just in that, that process, as I said, people start messaging, got a lot of guys, mate, you're looking good, feeling good, how you're doing it. You know, and a lot of guys reached out to me, mate, I'm going through a similar thing. I've been got my, my missus, you know, either we've broken up, she's left me, she won't let me see my kids. You know, really like hard, guys going through hard times. And I'm like, I couldn't write back and I'm not a, I'm not a specialist, right? And mm -hmm. I'm not a therapist. So I'm thinking, you know, how do guys get help these days? You know, where, where do they go to, if they don't have the, the group that, like we've, we've created, mm -hmm. how are they going to? How are they going to get help or how are they going to get back on track like I did? And so we thought, why don't we just start Strong Dad um, and and get guys involved? But we push, obviously, the training, mm. uh, but we don't push it too hard in terms of it's at your own level, your own pace, but also really emphasize diet, of course. But really what separates it from the others is mental health and mindset, mm. you know, so trying to give men ways of dealing with tough times being resilient um coming up with tools to be better you know and, and you know going for walks or whatever it may be we've come up with you know you know that with yeah. what we do so just sort of we said let's let's just kick this off and then all of a sudden it turned into a business and now we've got you know a few hundred people involved in it we've got our next program coming up and all that but i really wanted to tap into that like like you know what you're passionate about obviously yeah is that mindset, mental health, and giving guys ways of dealing with hardships, being resilient, 
and, and, and just having tools of, of taking that next step, you know? And it's so easy to like fall into that mindset of like kicking stones, oh, right? Man. You know, I've got gone through a divorce, you know, I've just, whatever mental issues you are going man. through, it'd be so, even just being tied up with work, yeah, man. like, like life takes over, it it'd be tough. Like, and I'd be so hard, like even coming out of sport, right? Like yeah. coming out and trying to find your identity, even someone who's pivoting in a career, yep. like it'd be so easy to kick stones and just, you know, oh, well, you know, I've got kids, I've yeah. got to work, they're a priority. I've got a family, they're a priority. Yeah. My pro like myself and me personally would probably sit second to That's that. That's right. That was a big thing is prioritizing yourself. A lot of us kind of, a lot of people and, and a lot of, when you're in relationships, people call you selfish or whatever. You've got to be selfish to a degree to, to take care of yourself and look after yourself because you can really lose yourself before, without even knowing it. And that's kind of what I did. Um, but the big, the big feel for me was letting people know, and specifically here with men, uh, in with the strong dad, and it goes for women as well. So I'm not, I'm not excluding women, but he's just letting guys know you're not alone. Mm -hmm. It's okay to feel the way that you feel. You know, we, we all go through hardships. We all, a lot of us, mate, we, we're on the ground, you know, like, and, but, but don't stay there, you know, mm -hmm. like what, what, what can we kind of do to move on and get, and get out of that? And I think that was the big thing is just having an extra support network. And because a lot of times when you get, you fall into those, um, those, those bad times, you think, you think you're never going to get out of them. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and we can, we can, we'll probably talk more about it, but like post football and, you know, going through a separation, you know, you've got interest rates, cost of living all going up, you yeah. know, the, the, the separation and divorce rates, they're going up. So the reality is throughout our lifetime, we're going to have to deal with adversity and, 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 and loss and disappointment. And you've got to have the tools to uh, be able to cope with that. And, yeah. and I think with what we've created, uh, we can help, you know. And so how, what, so at the end of the day, yeah, it's like a program. Yeah. So it's a program. They go through the six, six weeks program. How do they, I guess I'm trying to ask yeah. is how is, does the community aspect yeah. tie into that? So it's an eight week program to start off with. Um, in that program, we've, we've, we've got certain, um, you know, we've done, it's like this style and we've cut it up into in eight weeks where you can get, you, you get certain habits that we provide, right. uh, certain things that we live by uh, and standards and, and let's just say for con uh, consistency. Um, if you're time poor, how do you make time? So we try and not only, we, we, we give you the program, the fitness program, which is physically you can see on, online because Sean and I do it. Then we've got nutrition. Uh, My Muscle Chef has come on board because they love the concept. Um, BSC's come on board because they love the concept. So you get a discount on those. But the big thing is really that there's a face Facebook group. Right. And this is what I'm proud of. And this is what we get, we're going to get pushed more of, uh, where we, everyone doing the program can communicate with each other why you're doing the program, you know? And I think that's very important um, so that you can kind of go, okay, I'm struggling with this. I'm doing well with this. Or how do I do that? Or how can I be better at, that, at this or that? So there's, there's a constant communication between a gr the group that are actually doing it. So obviously we'd love to do it physically, but it's impossible when 100%. you've got people from all across, you know, the, the country, some in New Zealand even, even as well. But there's, there's more to this. We've only, like, I want it to be bigger and better. I want it to have access to therapists if you want it online, right? That's a, probably a, another step, another phase. This is only our first one. Um, you know, so there's a whole different, we will have group training every now and then where we invite people down. You know, we want to do camps, uh, get to a point where we, where we do camps. And then we'd love to do also podcasts of dads, right? Not just, you know, Cameron Munster or JT who are, famous football rugby league dads which mm. i will get on mm. but i want to get 
a strong dad, you know, a punter. Someone who's been through the whole thing, right? Been through it. Been through the ringer, done our program, uh, you know, lost a lot of weight, feels a lot better, love the support network. And, and But e- either way, we're, you know, it's not just about being a personality, you know, it's about... A real, that's why I made it so affordable too. Is ninety nine dollars for eight weeks, and all of this is included, right? Because we don't. We it's 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 not all about the dollar. It's about but the priority here is it comes from the heart for me. Mm. So it's making sure that we can make people better, be better, feel better, be better dads, better partners, more efficient at work. Yeah, that's the big thing. And once you've like once you've seen the progress, like same with you when you're coming out of the city to surf. Once yeah. you see the progress. I'm sure that you have the evidence to be confident. You're like, yeah. well, actually, I've gone through the six weeks. I've done this. Fuck, I can do it again. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've seen the progress. And it's like, yeah, having a stack of like undeniable evidence to yes. make yourself confident. That's right? right. And everyone's got their own why, like whether it's for the kids, it's whether a, it's for the you partner. You hit the nail on the head there, right? It's the why. Why do we get up every morning? What's your inspiration? you got to find that. If you can find that in your life, and you've always got a why. Mm. Always, no matter who you are, what you do, whether you've got kids or not. There is a fucking why, and 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 you you use that to motivate you, right? And you use that to drive you, and that's what inspires you, and and that's that's a big thing, like what you just said there. How um how do you how do you find a why? Like, because I know with us, yeah. a lot of our mates who have come out of rugby league, a lot of them struggle with identity, yeah. and a lot of them struggle with. Well, I've been a professional football player since I was 17, 18 yeah. year old. I've been in the system for 10, 15 years. Mm. What am I going to do now? Like yeah. how, how do you think, how do you find your why and how do you find your purpose? I think for, for us athletes uh, or ex-athletes or, you know, the guys that do transition, my first advice, and this is, but I mean, you, you're in a unique situation where you've, you retired early, man. Like that's, that's a tough situation and that's a unique one that doesn't happen too often, but you would have, a, know a lot of guys that have come in and out of the system really quickly too. The average footy player, what, 50 games? Isn't Mate, it? I think it's like, like 46 that. games. The ones that have lasting careers but even the ones that don't you've really have to prioritize life after footy regardless and i, I go back to cost of living and man, you, look at me i've you know i've earned a lot of money but i've had i've, I've had two i've had a, se- a marriage breakdown and a separation with a ki- with, with a, um, a child so you know you lose a lot of money mate you know like yeah. and that's a, that because of the the rise in in separate there, there's, a, there's a there's a risk of even if you are one of the most successful athletes in the world if, if, if your relationship doesn't work, yeah. you know, you kind of go back to square one. So regardless of the money you earn, you, you've got to prepare for life after footy. You've got to, and, and I kind of think the motivation for the guys, apart from preparation and, and, and putting yourself out there and, you know, cause that's what I did with Fox. Like I was only in my early twenties yeah. and I was thinking already about life after that footy. early. Yeah. I was, and I thought, you know, I, I, I talk okay in front of the camera I feel comfortable. I've got a lot of work to do, but how do I get better and, and how do I get to, to the point where I can make a living after footy? And that's when I started sort of just doing work experience and, and doing behind the scenes that eventuated in me making the transition. But, you know, I, I, I kind of, I think if you're an athlete, you are driven by success and driven by winning, you know, I, I, whether you like it or not, that's a big moment. Everyone's competitive, right? Competitive. And you have to be to get there. That's right. So if you don't have kids and you don't have a partner and you're struggling to find that why, it's like, well, man, I want to, I want to be the best at whatever I do. Yeah. You know, so what, what is it that I can, that I can do and how do I get to the top of the tree, whatever that is, right? Because we're used to that being athletes and rugby league players is 
I want to get the first grade. I want to play this position. I want to play for New South Wales, Australia, whatever. We start here, but we've always got goals and targets and dreams and aspirations. So it's no different with life after footy, whatever industry you want to get into or whatever. I mean, you've obviously got to go through that thought process of what suits you and what you could possibly do or be, but set targets, win. You know what I mean? Like, how do I win? But, and then, but also, like, <clears throat> coming out of football, like, you've been doing it for 10, 15, probably even longer if you started playing when you're a kid and you're in the top 0.01% yeah. of people who play. When you come out of grade, you're back like everyone else and yeah. everyone's already got 10 years of life experience and work experience yeah. on top of you. So it's almost like you're coming back, like, even in the business world. Like, man, I finished up two two years ago, yeah. came out of the world, I was like, I didn't realize how dumb I was yeah, <laughs> compared to everyone yeah. compared to everyone else who has been doing it for the last yeah. 10 or 12 years. So you're almost, well, I don't know if just for me, I realized I have to take a step back yeah. and be like, reassess. Like, no, you're not going to be the best straight away. Oh, no way. And you have to reassess and be like, okay, well, yeah, what's next? I've got the target. Yeah. How do I get there? And that's it's right. gonna, it's not going to happen overnight. No. Like, this stuff happens over years. And that's, I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's our, my generation or the generation coming through. Yeah. They want everything so quickly. They do. Right? You got to be patient with it too. Like it's, it's, you know, it's it, like you said, it's not going to happen straight away. It's not going to happen overnight. It's, it's something you've got to be persistent with. Um, but also you kind of sacrifice a lot as an athlete that people don't know about, you know, you don't, you, you miss all your mates weddings or parties or birthdays you can't go to europe and all that which is really why you're doing it it's not a huge sacrifice at the time mm. but then you miss life experiences and you can't take get them back they're, they're gone so you know you, you're also behind with life experience as well so you, you kind of want to you, you've got to make another life for yourself but you also want to do things that you couldn't do while you're playing professional sport and it's hard that's when it probably gets a bit hard you know to kind of find that balance between living a good lifestyle when you're not getting the same pay yeah you know living those experiences that you sacrificed and missed out on for so long yeah and then trying to get to that next phase of what i want to do next and what am i going to be good at and how do i get there yeah it's it's a constant challenge but preparation is everything regardless of how good you're going how shit you're going you need to have um you need to know or have a backup. You need to have a backup plan. Um, but also don't stress it. Don't You don't want to be stressing about yeah. it. Like, you know, it's easy to say. Is that because obviously you manage like a few few NRL yeah. players and a few golfers as well. Is that some of the stuff that you tell them like to have a plan B? Definitely. Yeah. And have a plan B um, and also invest your money wisely. Yeah. You know, like it's, 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 it's paramount because I've just got so many mates now that just have nothing yeah. that have earned quite a lot of money um, through no fault of their own. They just thought it was going to be there forever yeah. and it wasn't. And it's sad. And then you're chasing your tail and you got all these young bucks that are you know, ahead of you, like you said, yeah. because they've had the education, the life experience and, and even work experience that you haven't had. Yeah. So, that, you know, so you got to, you end up having to use contacts, which is, that's a big thing. All right. That's actually yeah. comes to mind now leverage the people around you have mentors you're good at that now i know that you're good at that and use your connections mate like if you this that's the privilege that kind of we do have um as ex, as athletes at the time like i, I mean the roosters i had mark burris nick politis david gingell has a lineup you know like <laughs> insane that's a big reason i went there because i thought about life after footy and i'm thinking it's a great club um you know obviously you know they've got money but I, you know they can help me lot post 
post-career, mm. you know? So the likes of David Gingell was running nine. Politis owns 500, you know, dealerships, both more even, I think, both here and overseas, you know? They've got the, they know the right people and they, they, they've got the right advice. So surround yourself with the right people, uh, leverage. The, I mean, you know, a lot of free players are like, they're shy too, you know, like yeah. everyone thinks you're, you know, you kind of, you're not cause you're playing first grade. No, you know, they, they you know, they, they're shy to try and go up and ask for things or, or, or get advice from people or, or leverage the, the position they're in. Yeah. But that's, that's definitely one that I didn't do much early doors but i do a lot more now and and do at the back end but going back yeah that, that the inf what i'm saying now is pretty much what i tell my boys you yeah. know that i look after but i'd love to go back to your nrl career like i feel like i don't want to spend too much time on yeah, it, but yeah. i feel like but i feel like we have to um i was doing a bit of research and <clears throat> obviously used to watch you like growing up um rookie of the year like mm. in your debut year at 18 did you come out of high school and just go straight into yeah. into grade? What was that like? It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. I, I was I was a kid, and I had all these high expectations because my uncle was like the president of South George Piggins, and I played school boys and all yeah. the junior roos and all that. So I was, you know, I was I was expected to be successful, or you know, and but it just happened so quick. You know, you straight out of school. Get it? Uh, you know, I was the South junior. I would have stayed at South, but they got kicked out of um, the comp. Mm. And, and unfortunately, I would have been at South forever, but I, I had to leave because I was on the cusp of first grade. And my uncle, um, I got a deal at Canterbury, but I just, I never forget it. My, my first game, or well, my first, I played at one game, um, uh, my debut in Canberra, and it was off, you know, off the bench, and it was pretty cool. It was an amazing, cool moment. Mm. And you never know when you're going to get back there. But the real one was the, the year I got rookie of the year, yeah. and I got called in. And it was my first real game starting against the Northern Eagles. And, but you know, you, I had no fear, like, because I didn't know anything else. Yeah. Like, I just, like, I kind of, I ran on the field, like, I was just playing SG ball or whatever. Like, just, like, I, I kind of didn't buy into the hype. I just turned up. I went out there and, man, I, I took two or three intercepts, set up about three <laughs> or four tries. And, mate, the, the place went crazy and, you know, I walked off thinking, man, this is unbelievable. And I remember my girlfriend at the time went for brekkie and I, I was oblivious, mate, yeah. oblivious to like the impact or the severity of what had happened that night. Mm -hmm. I, and I remember it was, I think it was a Sunday morning and I went down to just Coogee to get breakfast and I got the Sunday telly and I'm back page. Yeah, wow. And I'm like, fuck. And then like everyone's walking past it because like, everyone watched watched the footy. It could have even been a Friday night. Right game. in the thick of it, like you're but in. It like was a chill yeah. nine like big game, and I, and and I was oh sorry, I was God. like man, um, this is the real deal, you know. And and then I, but I didn't let it get to me at all. Like for the first sort of really year, you mm. know, I just rode the wave and mm. just loved it. You know, it was. a probably the most enjoyable year to be fair but it was just a, it was crazy but it will i imagine there'd be so much pressure that comes with that especially later on like you captain every side that you're with like because yeah. you're captaining the side at 20 yeah oh, oh, the talk, like talk about pressure like that's yeah. that's going to be a huge way like i look at myself when i was a 20 year old kid yeah. i mean i was a idiot like i was so <laughs> i was so dumb like mate i was riding motorbikes yeah. and jumping out of planes and i was, mate, I, was yeah. I look back and think i was such an idiot but mate how like how did you go dealing with the pressure you know when when you're in the thick of it like as a 20 year old, mate, it caught up to me. yeah it caught up to me this is the thing i you know i was just always that guy who was expected to do well and everything i did i did well and and 
I captained every team I played for, but it catches up on you. You know, like the hype and expectation and being put on a pedestal in your first year. So I was there, you know, rookie of the year, kangaroo tour, you know, touted for origin the following season, all that. I look back on it and as amazing as it was, it was probably not good for me, you know, like not good for my career because, you know, the expectation from everyone was just to maintain that, right, or get better from there, which is very hard for young half, you know, like to to, to, to do anyway, right? And people obviously work you out, you get double teamed. It's like anything, you know, you, you're not that new kid on the block who no one really knows or oppositions don't really know how you play. So the ex- for me, I struggled because then everyone expected me to be that player every week. And I maintained it for quite a while. But then I just hit a brick wall. And, and that's when I really struggled. And that's when I copped it from everyone. What does um, hitting a brick wall look like? It was bad. Like, this was, this was a few years in. Because I, I, start, I, I copped a few. I remember my first, well, my second year, could have been my first year, I got the most overrated player in the game. Because I used to have that back then. Not, it was who's, sh- who's driving that? Is that just like a magazine? It's disgraceful. That was rugby league week. It was like, you know, now you look back on it, it would never, they would never do it now, right? Because of obviously, you know, we're, we're more aware of people's feelings. And, and Is that and voted by fans? By players. players. No, nah, players. That's why it hurts. How do they get away with that? Well, see, a lot of what what they would do is they'd ring the play because they'd ring me, yeah. right? And and this was this would be a standard sort of, they go, mate, who, they ask you, I mean, you know, a lot of issues in the game and it's a big poll in the rugby league week. Then they'd say, who's the most overrated player? And I remember I'd say, oh, mate, you know, Fuck. I don't, I, I don't I'm not answering that. Yeah, yeah, you know, and they say, well, such and such as these blokes have all said, you know, so they kind of, when there's a bit, they, they kind of throw the answer in your mouth. But I, I didn't answer it because, you know, I, I copped it, you know, so I was like, wasn't answering it. I ended up not doing them in the end. But, you know, and it, you're talking like minimal votes and because a lot of blokes didn't answer it and not, not more, um, you know, and, 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 and it was close there between me and a few other guys, but I kind of got it right. Like, i never forget it. Um, I kind of got it because I was so overhyped, you know? So I understand if you're other players and you're thinking, mate, he hasn't really proven himself. He's played a couple of years and, geez, he's done well, but, you know, all this all this hype around him, you know? And so I kind of understood why I would would have been voted overrated, but the same, I remember one year, because I, I, I was still at home, I was a baby, you know, and I was like, I won't get it this year, mum. There's no way I played Origin, won a series. I think I got five out of the year, um, and I got, I think, player of the year at the Bulldogs or close to it, whatever. Anyway, I'm sitting upstairs, and I I tried to bl- – I, I at that point, I, uh, it's, there was quite a lot of negative press over, over a couple of years because even though I was playing well, and for the average Joe, it was – a good, a really good career. It wasn't reaching those heights, and I'm thinking, surely I won't get because it really impacted me. And I'm thinking, surely I won't get it this year. And I, I remember first, it's like the the news comes on, Channel Nine. It was downstairs, and I was upstairs. I think I was on the computer, and I could hear it, them say, "Oh, and we, after the break, you know, they've done the rugby league poll, and it was the main story on the Channel Nine news or sport." And I'm sitting upstairs. I'm thinking, I shouldn't listen to this, but I kind of got it. I'm, you know, and and sure enough, bang, Brayton Aster's the most overrated player in the game. And I just fucking shut him. Yeah. What What do you what goes through your mind, oh, man? Mate, I, I had enough. Yeah. I said, fuck this. I can't. I, I just, yeah, it just felt like I couldn't please anyone. Yeah. You know, like I and I shouldn't. 
Like, I've learned a lot from it, but at the time, I'm like, I don't want to play anymore. Like, it's, really? Yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah. like, fuck this, mum, I'm done. I said, I, can't, I just said, mate, like, it was my whole life I'd succeeded in whatever I did. Mm. And I thought I was, but then I thought I was a failure, you know? And when it's your own peers, it's even worse. Hundred Well, it's like play is play is the best mate. award that you can get and yeah. on reverse side. Yeah. How old were you then? Oh, mate, I was in my early 20s. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I you know, and I was... You know, no, no, like we're, we're making finals and nearly winning comps every year, the dogs. And, mate, I couldn't have been doing too much more. Like, I would have had to be one of the greats to, to sort of probably not get, like, really. Like, I mean, I, I was polling in all the Daily M's every year. I was up in the top 10, you know, most years, 580 of the year a couple of times, you know, whatever. But it didn't matter to me. It was like that was the only thing that mattered to me, and it hurt. And I was, and, and people, you know, because then what happens is, then the crowds and the people disrespect they you. They get a hold of it as they well. They disrespect you because they don't respect you anymore. Because they don't. Because the players are saying this, you must be shit, you know. And then, you know, you go into games and it's embarrassing because people are yelling out to you while you, you know, you're sort of walking into the sheds and then, you know, you're on the field kicking goals and you're just copping it, man, everywhere you go. You know, you're out, you know, you go for a drink with the boys, you're fucking overrated and that's your shit, all that. You know, you're like, you just go, oh, mate, I don't want I'd rather just step away, you know. And I, I yeah, and I, I know it's a big call, but I definitely contemplated it because it just wasn't, I wasn't enjoying myself. So really. how did you, you obviously said like you wanted to step away. Like what, what kept you in it? Yeah. Um, or, or like what my, kept mu- my mum was strong and she, cause she'd been through a lot and my mates were great. But I think well, I started seeing a sports psych, um, which was great and a therapist you know, I don't, which was a bit beyond before. Big thing for back then, back right? Then. Mate, even like the last couple yeah, of years. Man. Yeah, Yeah, and that helped me a lot. And I just got through it, mate. Like, I don't even know how, to be fair. I just did. And then I kind of, um, yeah, I just pushed through it and, and, and tried to see the light at the end of the tunnel and just got through a really tough period there. Um, but then, yeah, I think, you know, because, yeah, I I'd, I'd sort of dealt with it. A lot of people didn't know me either. I didn't know what I'd, you know, what I'd been through or the life I'd had. I just was always that kid who'd, who'd looked like he'd been gifted the, 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 you know, the golden spoon, you know what I mean? And, and everything had just been given to me. I hadn't had to work hard for anything, which is just rubbish. But it was just a perception I had. I lived in the eastern suburbs and dated, you know, a couple yeah, of hot yeah, chicks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, Mate, I know, I get it. You know what I mean? Well, I don't get it, but I can, I can it's, see it's where you're coming from. It's all poppy syndrome yeah, in this yeah. country, you know, and I was that, stereotypical kind of um you know i was that guy and and it, it, it wasn't who i am and that's what's good about now is people have got to know who i am as a person more now so mm. and anyone who meets me knows the type of person i am and i'm very comfortable in that and, and you know all this all of that time just builds resilience and it teaches you again tools to deal with things now and 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 from that moment too i um i want to touch on you seeing the sports psych and yeah. a therapist because mate, I, I see psych every month yeah, nice. like I, I i originally started seeing one when i was playing footy at the yeah. times when i was going through a tough time and and the club recommended it mm-hmm. i thought oh, i've never seen one before it'd be a good thing to do and i would only really go see one when i was going through shit when yeah. i was like at the real bottom but more recently i found that you know like you don't stop going to the gym when you're fit. So why would I stop seeing a therapist when mm. I'm feeling good? So I'll see one every month. Matt, I spoke to her this morning. Like, and I'm, I'm in a good headspace at the moment. Yeah. But what what, what did you get out of seeing a therapist? And because obviously it's not spoken about. Yeah. There is kind of a stigma there around is. it. What, what did you get out of it? And why do you think it's probably beneficial? Well, 
the, the the stigma around it is just that proud male thing, right? Yeah. Which is again about talking and you know what we're trying to uh, encourage is is men talking, and that's a part of it. Like you can go to this person and tell them anything, right? And they'll tell you they don't always tell you what you want to hear, too, right? So it's it's a lot of home truths, but it's also a way to get shit off your chest. If you don't have that person that you can trust to, because not all of us have got mentors or people that we're, we can kind of confide in, you know, like I didn't have a dad. So it was kind of like just a way of getting positive reinforcement as well, you know, like not only getting stuff off my chest and getting the emotions out because it'd be an emotional time at, at times, you know, when you're going through tough, you know, and, and, you, and you feel comfortable in that environment, you know, like, but you got to find the right one too. Get, yeah, it takes a couple. I've had a times. couple. Yeah. yeah. So not all of them are going to be the right fit for you. That's fine. Um, but it just it it, it just made it again. It gave me certain like I'd write things on my wrist. So I started writing you know real positive notes on my wrist. You know, and then I'd look at them during a game. Um, that was one little thing. Um, you know, all sorts of things really like your preparation, your ability to block the the noise out is a big one. Who gives a fuck? what people think unless they're the ones that you love care and know really are not just yes men they're telling you what you want what you need to hear sorry um but the ones that care about you um if you you know just which isn't easy to do but this is what that helps it's, it's a tool of also you know blocking that 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 noise that negativity out and just focusing on you and what's next and what you can do better and what's going to help you and and again just getting all that just getting it out because you know we hold so much in like you know it bottles up and it'll probably get to a trigger point right and you can explode explode if i hadn't seen a, a sports psych or a therapist who knows i could have gave the game up early i ended up playing nearly 300 games you know i could have just walked away and who knows i wouldn't have probably been working at fox i wouldn't have had the identity i have now and the experience i had to therefore take that into expert opinion and our hosting and you know and, and i wouldn't have been in had the stature i do now in the game that that really provides a living for my daughters you know what i mean so they all these these little decisions that you make they all are very important it's a full like sliding door moment yeah. right like every decision like you wouldn't be the person you are That's today right. without all the past shit that you've gone Man, through i could have been killed up in a ball in a cycle what i say it honestly like <laughs> with the shit i went through yeah. just rocking in the corner yeah. Yeah. Honestly, the 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 the, the, mate, the the abuse and dislike that that the, the, some of the shit. Like honestly, if I if I didn't have help and didn't you know wasn't kind of the person I was, I reckon I could have easily went the other way. Mm. Easily, you know. Mate, you um you touched on your dad, your old boy before. Yeah. Um, I'm very conscious about how to navigate this conversation. Yeah. Are you? Are you comfortable about talking about your old boy? Is it something no. that you talk about often? No, nah, but I, I, listen, I'm comfortable now. I, I wasn't for a long time. Um, I just didn't do it. I kind of, well, I mean, touching, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a bit about it. So when I was 15, my dad went to work. He didn't come home. And we were, we were tight. And he committed suicide. Um, and it just rocked. It rocked, rocked all of us, right? Rocked, rocked our world. Rocked, my family will never be the same. My mum never moved on. You know, my brother's you know he's been impacted by it greatly we all have um it was a real shock to the system didn't see it coming you know i knew he was going through a bit of a tough time but he was all he was very much like me too like he was very driven and he'd been successful in business but had some hard times and and you know his best mate kind of ripped him off and he didn't know how to handle it 
didn't have the tools and techniques and people that back then it was very day, stigmatized right? back yep. then it was like if you've killed if you kill yourself like back in that day you're you're selfish yeah or you've or you're you, you know there was it was a real negative um you know it was really negative and uh but my way of uh, yeah so that, that that's been hard for me because i have you don't have that mentor for the rest of your well, life mate, even even talking about it now yeah. right and it was what yeah I mean, years it, it'll, ago, it'll never years go away because it's it was such a shock and it's it's just something you never expect and it, it'll never go away it, it'll haunt me forever but i've i didn't deal with it at the time and this is i think a good to, uh, good lesson for people watching is i didn't deal with the trauma i was that like I, I I use it as motivation, right? Mm. I, what would he want, and how can I make him proud, and how can I do my family proud? And I, I mean, I played in the golf tournament days after. That's you wild. Know? I just went and played, and I moved on with my life. And of course, it was there. I was like, I was a mess, but I just went, fuck this. You know what's next? And I just powered on. And I, you know, I, I remember my uncle was caddying for me. You know, in a, in, a, in a state championships golf tournament in, in Bow, I think it was, or something like that. And like everyone's mourning the death of my dad, you know. But like, you know, as I said, it's 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 a really tough thing to talk about. But I'm better now. I could never talk about it. I'd break down it because I didn't I didn't deal with the trauma. Yeah. And then hit me like in my twenties, like when I was going through those hard times, that hit me hard. Yeah. Because I, 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 you know, you can't look for that person to lean on. But they're not then. I dealt with it then with therapist and, and sports. So there, there wasn't, because people always think that there's got to be like a full rock bottom. Yeah. I've got, I was drinking too much. I lost everything. I like, I hit the brick wall. Yeah. Was there, was there a rock bottom at all? Or was it? I would say what I said before was pretty rock bottom. Yeah. I've had, you, but you have a, like, man, yeah, I've had a few, like you have a few rock bottom moments, you know, and you know, going, going through separation and divorces and, you know, when you got kids involved, you, you, but I, I deal with everything a lot better now. Like, since you know my probably 30s you know like my, i'm 41 so i i deal with everything a lot better and, and and i know how to deal with it more like because i learned from that because when you hit rock bottom and you haven't dealt with your past traumas and you know it's it, you can get dark you know and i think my advice would be if, if you do go through something quite severe whether it's death or whatever it may be and i think dealing with it at the time it's probably a good thing, you know what I mean? Like, like talking about talking it, talking about it, and and getting it off your chest because it can hold you back, you know, and it can hit you harder later in life. And is, then when it, and then it could be too late, you know what I mean? Is that advice that you would give young fourteen-year-old breaks or fifteen-year-old breaks? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think uh, you know, even though I was so sick, like I was successful quick, I hit a brick wall, and it nearly cost me my career and a lot of other things. Right? Um, if if I'd I think I would have dealt with it more and just take a step back and deal with the trauma and go see a therapist and which I did, but I didn't follow it through. I was just kind of there empty, empty. I wasn't really there. Mm. Um, because I think a lot of people I talk to about similar situations, they do agree and they've done the same and it, and it comes back. It comes back. You mate, know? That would resonate with so many people. Yeah. Cause I know mate, just, I'm sure we both have mates who have lost family members to, yeah. to suicide, yeah. which is, which is wild to think about. Like, I can't, I can't imagine being a young kid going through that. So yeah. I imagine there'd be so many, <coughs> excuse me, kids, yeah. family members, parents that are going yeah. through the exact same thing and they're bottling it up, yeah. like not talking about it. Like that's such a great bit of well, advice. You see a lot right? of kids, right? And it's sad as it is, you see it happens in communities too. 
because I would assume it's probably similar. Yeah. And and most suicides, I'd say most, are, sh- are shock. You know, unexpected. You know, I would, but because you know they're not dealing with it life or dealing with uh, even their friend suicides or their whoever it may be. It's I think you, you you've got to be aware of that even if you know people who have dealt with it to to surround them and get get them to talk and and kind of mourn. I mm. think mourn and and. But speak of the good times, but like you got to kind of deal with it. Mm. It doesn't go away. It's not going to go away, you know. But how do you? How, again, it's like everything in life. How do you? Ha- what tools do you use to be able to power on, and, and accept it, but still live a, a, a nice life, mm. and, and and still you know have your moments. We're all going to have moments, you know, when you when you miss the, the people that you've lost and all that. But you know, you you can't ignore it. It's, you just can't. It, it'll get you somehow. How um how old was your dad? He was my age, forty one. Your exact yeah, age today, which spun me out. Yeah. Have you reflected? Have you thought Hard. about that lately? Yeah. I, I when I when I my birthday actually yeah I reflect on it big time because it was just like fuck, like it was a and especially now because you've got mate, you've got young girls. Yeah. It was it was actually emotional, but yeah, I, I think it, it sort of realised like at the time when you when you're kind of fifteen, sixteen, your dad's forty. Mm. You think they're very they're old, don't you? Like <laughs> you know, old pricks, you know, like innerly dead. These people, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> you think they're old, like, yeah. and then you get to forty, and you go, "Fuck, I'm young." I'm still young, you know. And I, I respect my mum so much. Like it, I, my mum's my rock, I'm, and we're like this, you know, ever ever since really. But we were before, but even more so. But I think my, my like for my mum to go through that at, at that age too, you know, like. And she hasn't moved on since. Like she'd never even contemplated it. She was like so happy, happily in love. She's just, she, she hasn't moved on with anyone or even been on a date. Um, but like, I just think far out, man, at 40, you know, at that age to sort of get to that point is sad, but so much more life to live. And, and when I, when I hit 41 this year, I was like, wow, that's just crazy to think that, you know, that it happened at that age, you know? Tell me about your mum. What's she, what's she like? She's mate. She's she's great. Like she's a great support network. She's been through it all with me. Like yeah. <laughs> she's oh, been there mate. for it all. Oh, she. I mean, she loves it, and the journey's been amazing. Like you know, she's proud of me, and I'm proud of her. But we've we've been through a lot together. So we've got a very strong bond, um, and we always will. Uh, she helps me now with the girls because I work so much, and finding that life balance, and <clears throat> you know, prioritizing time to spend with my daughters, and picking up from school pickups, you know, I work, I work a lot. So she, she, she helps so much. She sounds like such a genuine giving mm. lady, right? And I, mate, that's, that's a lot of the traits I see from you, right? Mm. Mate, you're, you know, when you get a feeling like that people are genuine, yeah. you know, some people who like, I don't know, they, they've got ulterior motives, yeah, but you, mate, you, you, get that feel, you, you get the feel, mate, ever since, ever since meeting you and spending more time with you, mate, you're just, you're just genuine and you actually care about people around you like mate, even mate, even even earlier this year when when i was going through mm. a tough time mm. with you know with, yeah, yeah. with everything that was going on mate you didn't you see we, we obviously had the conversations but you didn't need to say anything you were mm. just there like mm. we were just you're just there for me and you you know we would train in the mornings yeah. we get coffee to like let's go for a beer yeah. go for a couple of beers at the pavilion yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, we were, and that's and that's the thing you didn't have to do anything but you were just there for me so yeah. a like thank you but secondly like like why like why do you that, do that's, it? I, I I praise my mum and dad for that. Like even though, like I got brought, I had a great upbringing, and even though I, I you know my dad 
did what he did, he was very much like me, you know, um, very selfless. And that, I think that's why it, what ended him because he, he was a bit embarrassed by where he'd got himself. But my mum and dad just always taught me good manners, um, you know, be good to people, treat people how you want to be treated, all that, all those things. And I, I always have, like, I, 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 yeah, I work hard and I, but I, every, everywhere I am, I think, yeah, that's, that's like, even with leadership and captain and all the clubs, you can't do that unless you've got a good rapport with people, Yeah, you know, and you, and you get respect from people. And I, I've always respected everyone. I've always been good to everyone. I genuinely do care about the people that are in my life and, and, and care about people. You know, it's just, it's just something that I've, it's been ingrained in me from, you know, an early age, you know? So, uh, yeah, I get a lot out of it. I think you're the same, right? Like you're very selfless in what you do and the way that you go about things. And I get a lot out of it. You know, it feels good you to be good. You pull energy from Doesn't it, Doesn't it feel right? good? Like yeah. to, to get, see people appreciate you and also just be happy that you, you know, that you, you kind of, you bring happiness to their lives is that, that's, it, it makes you feel so good. Like it, that's how I get a lot of satisfaction, you know? So it means a lot to me. And I think like good, like fuck mate, good things happen to good people, right? I believe in karma. hundred percent. the only thing I really, I don't believe in much, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I do believe like you treat, you treat people the right way, you know, I think, I believe it comes around, you know, it comes back. Mate, we touched on obviously some pretty heavy things. You've had such an incredible footy career and successful post-career foot, like, you know, career. Mm. What are some of the highs? Like, what are, if, when you look back on your footy career, was there, was there, was there ever or even in 360? Like, yeah. was there anything that you could be like, that's actually so wild to think about. And that's actually the, the funnest thing or the, the coolest mm. thing that's ever happened to me. And that, yeah. is, is there a standout that you think that is the coolest well, I, thing? It, man, I, <laughs> There's a few. Take your pick. Yeah, yeah, there's a few. I think that, I mean, winning the premiership is everything. That's like a group of mates, like just that you just put your heart and soul, sweat and tears into for you know, the Bulldogs in 2004. And when the siren goes and you've done it, is just the best feeling ever. Yeah. There is just nothing that can replace that feeling. That That's, that is the ultimate. Um, Origin 2005 was epic. That was with Joey Johns. Yeah. And uh, Brett Kamali threw the intercept to Matt Bowen at Suncorp and he got dropped and I came in and I was supposed to partner Trent Barrett and he went down with an injury. So they called Joey out of, sort of out of retirement. Yeah. He was done. Yeah, yeah. And I partnered him in the last two games and I played with, I believe, the best player. Well, best player I've ever played with, Joey Johns, but arguably the best player that's played the game. But just, that was epic because I, not, it was like I was playing but a spectator like at the same time like i learned so much from him like just you know like it, it, joey's a larrikin and he, he's a funny prick and i yeah. love him like, yeah he, he yeah. rang me the other day we talk often and he'd be we, you know you'd have your bonding sessions and he's at the back by himself with bourbon <laughs> bourbon and coke and, yeah times uh, don't change you know oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like just taking the piss out of everyone just like drinking like just having a great time but i remember like our first session and it was hey, we'd had a big night like it was you know the first night's like kind of the, the bonding the night. bonding session before camp yeah, yeah. and i get this knock at, like at sparrow's fart and i'm like who the fuck is this <laughs> and it yeah. was joey and i'm like what are you doing here and he goes come on let's go and i said what he goes we're going down the park i went all right he's got my gear on and, I, and and he put me through all these drills like this footwork and you know where to hold the ball square your shoulders like all these and I'm thinking, mate, this. This is why. This is why. 
you know, like everyone else is asleep. He's partied hard, but he trains the hardest. And I and I just went, fuck, this is it. so good. Like I, I, I love that stuff, right? I, and I and so then, you know, I, I learned, you know, like he, he, everyone would always say, oh, Joey's just like a freak. Yeah. He's just talented, you know, naturally gifted. No, no, no. He was, but he worked harder than everyone else. That's why he was one of the greatest, if not the greatest. It's and like I, and I saw that it. firsthand, you know. Yeah. And then we played the game and I've never seen someone just completely like he was four plays ahead. So he would be setting up, he'd see, he'd be setting someone up in the opposition three or four plays early, he'd done the work, the homework, the video and all that. And he would spot a guy and he'd look, he had his great reception, but he knew exactly where he wanted to get to and where the hole was going to present itself once he got there. So you work yourself down the field and he'd see the guy, but he'd look elsewhere bang straight back at him he'd look elsewhere bang straight back at him then he'd go away from him and this guy would think he's off the hook and then the next play he, he goes looks like he's going straight back at him try like it was just like a game of chess and watching a genius just just a master class and i'm there playing 5-8 going fuck is this <laughs> mate am I, is this happening i'm like touching myself yeah. and i'm like I, I mean i hold my own I, play, I played a good series but i was a shadow compared to him but just to to see it and just be a part of it, I'll, that was just like, in terms of moments, you know, throughout my career, to be alongside someone like him and, and just learn from the best, that that was that was one of them. And I'd say the, the other one is the field goal in 2010 to get through the prelim final. Yeah. Um, no, grand prelim. Yeah, pre, it was actually against the Titans up at Suncorp. But we were out, we were gone uh, against uh, Roosters v Tigers, sold out stadium at... Um, Allianz, ANZ, uh, Allianz, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I kind of, I was always a kicker. Like, it, kicking was a strong point, And field goals, I'd always gone for field goals. And, I, you know, I'd always dream of kicking winning field goals. And I kicked a few throughout my career, but none like this. And I'd always do, at the end of sessions, I'd kick field goals from 40, from 30, from 50, from, like, it was just, but it, you never know when it's going to come, yeah. right? And you never know, like you never know what sort of moment you're going to be presented. And I'd always been questioned about moments in games, and you know, getting to that elite level or or, or kind of aiming up on a big stage. Like I'd done it, but always I always got questioned my whole career. And then yeah, the moment kind of presented itself there, and, and you were what, far out as well, yeah. Like you were forty out. Uh, I think it was about thirty, probably thirty six, thirty seven. But it was probably it was close to the sideline, so it was probably about a forty meter kick. Yeah. But I remember, like, I got the, it was just Franny, and I got the ball, and I just went to take it, couldn't take it, threw it, and then I just fired the ball, and then Lucky Minnie got the ball, because he's smart, yeah. and he's experienced, and he knew he, he, that I was probably the one to look for in that moment, and I just stood back, and it, it, again, it was another out-of-body experience, and he threw the pass, and at that point, the hood was about to go, and if we missed, we are out, because the other game hadn't gone our way, but we didn't know that. And it was just to tie the game, to go into extra time. I got the ball and I hit it. And for the second I hit the ball, it was never missing. From yeah. the, like it, you know, just that feeling. Goosebumps, bro. Man, I yeah. just, and I just started, I didn't even look. I started running because I knew it was over. I was that fired up. But also, I think I was so emotional. And so, because it was just kind of a bit of a moment where I thought that, you know, I don't know if you say you prove people wrong, but. I'd nailed that moment that I dreamt of my whole life, mm. you know, but we still hadn't won the game. So that was, yeah. you know, so, but it was just a, and I remember getting to the, to the, um, to the group 
And I said, we're not fucking losing this game. Yeah. You know, like we, we, we are, cause we, we were gone. And I said, we are not losing this game. We are fighting to the death yeah. and we, we, we are just showing up to every play and we are pushing up and we are just not walking off this field, losing this game. I'm, I just remember as clear as day. And then we just, mate, Sean Kenny there gets the intercept off Liam Fulton, scores in the corner in the hundredth minute, something like that. It was, it was, uh, that was. And uh, win the game, win yeah, the game. Yeah. Mate, what were the celebrations like? Oh. <laughs> what was it? Oh, mate, you know, we, we don't have to go into yeah, a team plenty time. of celebrations. Uh, you know, I think um, when you kind of go into a, a fight, a bigger game the next week, you can't get ahead of yourself. Back, yeah. We would have got. We would have gone pissed, but not, not, maybe not as, um, you know, we, we had, we had work to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Braith, last question. What's probably the biggest thing that we haven't talked about today that's, you know, impacting you or that you'd like to talk about? That's a good question. Biggest thing impacted me today. You mean like. Like what's like, what's like, what's something that you're really passionate about? Like whether that being mental health, whether that being physical fitness, whether that being whatever's going on in your life or even, mm. even some advice that you could pass down to the average punter who's oh, just going through it all. Yeah. I think, you know, yeah, I've kind of spoken about everything that's passionate in, in my life. I think, you know, the, the big thing for me being on something, you know, talking to you about this sort of stuff, this is my this is my thing, you know, like this is, I think I can resonate with a lot of people um, who have been through a lot of, uh, you know, tough times, but I'm big on just, you know, again, I, I've probably said it, but you're not alone. There's light at the end of the tunnel and there's so many good times ahead. You know, that that's, that's the big thing. I think, you know, I think we can all just sort of think that we're, we're the only ones kind of going through stuff at times and feel sorry for ourselves, you know, and, that doesn't help. It doesn't really help you in your own mindset. It, it only probably takes you backwards. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I've kind of covered everything in that way, but, it, you know, in terms of, like, you know, what's important to me and I'm very big on values. I think I think you should always um, have, have strong values in life and if you stand by them and stick by them, you'll succeed, you know. I th that's probably the best advice I can give. Braith, mate. Thank you so much for jumping on. Thanks for, mate, thanks for being vulnerable. Thanks for being a role model, not only to me, but to everyone else who you're managing in the community. Mate, I fucking love this conversation. Mm. I've got a lot of love for you, mate. So, mate, thank you so much. Thanks, Keith. Got a lot, lot of love for you too, brother. The best.